Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at Takeover Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have the chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. It's good to be in church. We are a church that has fun. We believe this is for a build-up, not a beat-down. So if you're new with us, we just want to say welcome home. You are in the right place at the right time, and we are going to love on you hard tonight. Um, but yeah, we are starting new series for three weeks. As we head into what we have called, as you saw in church news, King of the World Sunday, we are so excited. We've been dreaming about it. We've been planning for it. We are excited for December 23rd. So please bring your friends, bring your families, bring your families' families and your friends' friends. Bring them all, all right? Just start stalking people's Facebook and sending out invites and all sorts of good stuff. Make it weird, make it awkward, get people to church. Sound good? So in those three weeks, we are in a a series that we've called Tis the Season. Now, when you hear that and you look at the graphic, you're probably wondering why we chose to spell season with three letters because it's cool and it's 2018 and I do what I want, okay? So get on board. Um, We take out the vowels here. We don't believe in them. Vowels are real. I know. Uh, It is a season. But uh, really, it's a play on words because this message series isn't about to be about fa-la-la-la-la. Like, it's not this. We're not decking the halls. This is not a... This really isn't a Christmas season. This was... We had three weeks where... Adrian and I served at an incredible church, and God bless them. We loved them. We were there for seven years as the associate pastors, and we loved it, and it was great. And God did a lot of great things at that time. But one of the things I realized when we were there was those three weeks between your November series leading up to Christmas Sunday, it was kind of like we were on autopilot. It was like, oh, we'll do these three worship sets because it gets them, people know it, it's going to be really good, it's going to get a good response, and we can play this in our sleep, right? It's the holidays, let's give our worship team a little bit more, you know, time off to do their thing. We can just do these and plan them out, and, and we'll know, and we, and we kind of run autopilot. And then the messages weren't, you know, we put apart time and set apart time to, to do it, but our, our priority in December was all about Christmas and all about that Christmas service and all of these things. It was all about that. Everything, all of our energy and our thought life, all of it went towards that. And so those three weeks leading up to it, the messages were just kind of what they were. And it's not my heart that at Takeover Church we would ever just sit back, take a Sunday off, take a week off, rest on our morals here, and just sit back and be like... All right, here it is. Here's, here's, you know, here's the leftovers. Here's the extra. That's not my heart. I believe that our God deserves a good offering. I believe that our people deserve a good offering. And so we're not just going to sit back and we're not just going to take these three weeks easy because it's convenient and we can and people are going to be out shopping and all this crazy stuff. And we know for sure that they're going to be here on that Christmas Sunday so we can just kind of chill and skate by these three weeks. No, 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 no. We believe our God is worthy of it. We believe our people deserve a good offering. And so we believe church needs to be firing at all cylinders. Does that sound good? And so when it comes to tis the season, like I said, empires kind of came out of nowhere. We we prioritize um, our message series here. We pray about them and we think about them. And I've got through August of next year already planned out. But the Holy Spirit, like he did with empires and with new wine and a couple other ones we had over the summer, the Holy Spirit was like, no, 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 this is where your people at. This is what is going on in church. This is what's going on in the world. There's fear. There are these things. This is what needs to be addressed right now. 
That's why we switch things up because we leave room for the Holy Spirit. We love systems and we love programs and we love some semblance of structure in the church. But man, when the Holy Spirit wants to turn up, when he has something to say to his people, when God wants to meet y'all right where you are, Matt's not going to stand in his way. We're going to go in and we're going to see God do something in people's lives. And that's what I believe this three weeks message series was because I was like, God, what do, what do we got? And I was like, I don't have vision for these three weeks. I know I don't want it to be a waste, but I don't have vision for these three weeks. And God was like, ha funny enough, you're going to be preaching on vision this week. So if you're taking notes, like I hope you are, y'all know that when you get to heaven, notes is like the fast pass at Six Flags. If you take notes, you get to go whoop right around. Everybody else is waiting. They're getting judged. Fast pass. Show them your notes. You're right in. Take notes. So if you're taking notes tonight, whoo, fast pass. There it is. Taking notes tonight. The title of the message is this, vision season. Vision season. But you have to spell season, S-Z-N, just because I said so. And I have a microphone. You do what I say. <laughs> vision season. And after you write that down, would you just turn and tell your neighbor what you're looking at? Would you turn and tell your second choice neighbor and ask them, say, second choice neighbor, what are you definitely looking at? <laughs> it's not even proper grammar. It sounded good. Scott didn't do it. Scott's, you know, it is what it is. Vision season. Y'all ready for the Bible tonight? Fantastic. It's going to be up on the big screen, but I'm coming out of Proverbs 29, 18. Super short, super simple, but there is so much in this bad jacks to pop out that we're going to explore it. I'm coming out of the ESV, but you can read anything other than the King James Version. Um, uh, we interpreted the Bible at a time when we didn't have the tools to properly do it, and a lot of it's wrong. Anyways, um, true. I had a whole part in my message about that tonight, but I was like, you know, we're not going to take away from the main thing. So Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. I'm going to say that one more time because it's so short. It's fun size. It's snack size, but it's a lot there. So I'm going to say it one more time. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Y'all mind if we pray one more time before we go any further? Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. God, we thank you for what you are doing in and through your house. We thank you for the incredible moment of worship that we just had. God, we thank you for the ability to come alongside our brothers and sisters, God, and lift them up, God, when they're going through it in that moment of prayer that we just had. God, we just thank you for the ability. Jesus, you could have put us on this earth and had no plans for us to be in community, but you did, and we're better together. We're better for it, God. So we just thank you for this opportunity to meet together, God. So whatever you're going to do, Holy Spirit, we're moving out the way. Do your thing. We love you so much. Bless us. Challenge us. Change us. Leave us tonight better than you found us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus, my name of Faithful Church. Set. Fantastic. So vision season. When I was thinking about vision season, I was, this is one of the, there's quite a few scriptures. We have another one that we'll get to later coming up. Habakkuk. You know, a lot of people think it's Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk. Um, I prefer Habakkuk. I'm with you on that one. Habakkuk doesn't make any sense, and there's no I in it, but, you know, Hebrew. Um, it is what it is, Habakkuk. But when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about vision, and I was talking about this season when God was really challenging me. He was like, oh, this is, this is the time we speak vision. Like, we're going into 2019. We're going into a brand new year. I know a lot of you are probably going like, 
what happened? We're 2018 go, you know what I'm saying? 2019, last week, people messaged me being like, yo, slow your roll. We still got four weeks left. Like, you need to chill. Or five weeks, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but I'm really excited for 2019. Like, Christmas is great. 2018 is great. But it's kind of easy to get ahead of ourselves a little bit, isn't it? It's kind of easy to start thinking about those things. It's kind of a daunting thing because you're like, you're a whole new year. Some of us are working on our New Year's resolutions that we're not going to keep. Like, we're thinking about it, though. (laughs) Come on, we're going to be honest in church or we're going to be honest in church? How many of y'all went and bought a gym pass already? No. How many of y'all went and bought a gym pass already for next year? January, we're going to the gym. You're going to get it. Um, you should. You should come work out. Planet Fitness. I'm there at 5 a.m. It's an open invitation. Come hang out. We'll be friends. Um, I need help, clearly. But, you know, we're looking at the year, and we're looking at going to 2019, and it's daunting, and it's big. And, and for a lot of us, we're trying to figure out whatever happened to 2018. We had all these plans this summer. We had all these plans this fall. We were going to go walk the streets in Holland, Michigan, and see the, and see the leaves fall and do all these things. We were going to go, and we were going to hike, and we were doing all these things. We had all these plans, and yet very few of them, if any, actually accumulated and, and happened and came about. It, and so now we're going into 2018, and now we're going into 2019, and we're like, can't even fathom it. It's a new year. It's a new start. It's a chance to, to rectify what happened in 2018, and well, what are we going to do with it? You know, when I was thinking about this verse, and I was thinking about vision, God really showed me something kind of honest. You know, in churches, we, we love vision, because nowadays we're running churches like Fortune 500 CEO uh, companies. We're running it like we should be on the Forbes list. We have all of these systems and things in place, and we're doing all of this. And I think a lot of it's great. I really do. I am all for systems and structures and all these things that help church win to make sure nobody falls through the crack. There are a lot of good things. And so we talk about vision, and we talk about leadership, and we talk about these things. Wow, as church leaders, we understand what the word vision means. But as the body of Christ, I think a lot of us actually don't know what the word vision means, let alone in the context of church, in the context of being a Jesus follower. Am I alone in that? I'm assuming, I believe, God showed me that there are people in this body tonight that don't know what the word vision means. And so before we go any further, when we talk about where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint, before we go into this verse and talk about vision season, I want to share a couple of definitions with you if I could. Does that sound good? Can we find out what Webster has to say about it? So Webster says this. You click the little down button because nobody actually has a physical dictionary anymore. And if you do, can I borrow it? Um, but you can click the little down arrow and a few different definitions will pop out. So these are the ones that I really thought mostly apply to where we're at tonight. Here we go. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. That's good. I like that idea. A mental image of what the future will or could be like. Solid. We're still checking, right? A vivid mental image, especially a fanciful one of the future. That's good. I like that one. A person or sight of unusual beauty. Oh, wait. That's underneath Adrienne. My bad. Um. Skr, skr. Got it. Um. You wouldn't believe how many messages I got. Like, Matt, what does skirt skirt mean? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I just say it. I listen to Rick Ross. It is what it is. Anyways, so, Ricky, if you're listening, come to church. Love you, dog. Okay. 
But I love those verses. I love that one specifically where it says, the ability to think or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. I love the other one that says, a vivid mental image, especially a fanciful one of the future. Fanciful. One that's made of fantasy. One that's so big and so broad and so crazy. It's almost hard to fathom that kind of future, but we know from Ephesians 3.20, right? Our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or fantasize about. Our God is able, is he not? And so when it comes to vision, we kind of have to take a second. We've got to go, what does vision even mean? Because I think it's easy for us in a, in a church organization or any organization of any kind. You have an orientation that happens and you go, here's the vision for Walmart. Here's the vision for our cart pushers. If you're a cart pusher tonight, you're the real ones because you out in the winter, salute, love you, okay? Not saying anything bad about y'all. You guys are legends. I appreciate a dry cart when I go to Walmart. But, so, see, somebody's like, yeah, preach. I get it. But we, we have these things. We have these organizations. And we always go, here's the vision. Here's the thing. But the more I talk to believers and the more I talk to non-Christians, especially non-Christians, but I'm always surprised, and I shouldn't be at this point, but I'm always surprised that in 2018 here in the church, there are Christians who are living day to day, day in, day out, month to month. Some of us are living week to week on paychecks. Some of us are living month to month on jobs. Some of us aren't even in the same job for a month. And I'm not here to preach a message about millennials and how we leave our jobs early. No, 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 scratch that. That's, that's bogus. I don't care. You can learn about that in a TED Talk. We're here to talk about Jesus. Amen. Am I saying it or am I saying it? Okay, this is about God. This is about you. This is about his plan for your life. But I'm really surprised sometimes where I'm like, we just kind of live aimlessly. But that's kind of how we got in this predicament in the first place. Like we talked about empires. We talked about a sin. Literally, the word sin is an archery term that means you miss the mark. There's a bullseye for you to hit and you miss the mark. I think it's crazy that Christians, we understand the concept of sin, how it's called, it's called us out of what God brought us to, what he has called over our lives. It pulls us away from his perfect plan for us. Yet, once we come home, we come back to Jesus. We make him Lord and Savior of our lives. We still live aimlessly? Like we aiming at a target that ain't really a target? Like we just going, I'll see what happens Monday. How are we as Christians, when we understand what missing the mark means, living an aimless life? Friends, with this verse, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraints. There's another translation that says, where there is no vision, people live wildly. There's another version of translation that says, where there is no vision, people die. Yo, that... <laughs> Death! Amen. Love it. Good church. If you're new with us tonight, it's good. Don't worry about it. Where there is no vision, people die. Now, that's mind-blowing if you ask me. Are you saying, like, if I don't have an idea of where I'm going, I'm going to die? If I don't have an idea of what my future looks like, I'm just going to live aimlessly? I'm going to go, if you don't have a vision for your relationship, some of us, we're going back to the same guy we've been dating since high school. May not have the same name, but he's the same guy. I appreciate anybody tonight because we got no clue what God has said for our husbands. We got no clue what God has said for our marriages. We don't have vision. We're just living aimlessly, relationship to relationship, beaten to beaten. Some of us are going through depression to depression. We're doing all of these things and we're a cynical, sinful cycle in our lives because we have zero vision. Now, I love these definitions of vision. 
I really do. And Webster does a really good job of it. But for us, the believers, we got to understand that for us, it's not just the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. No, 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 no. It is God has given me the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. We can say biblical wisdom right there. Or God has given me a mental image of what the future will or could be like. No, no, no. God has given me a mental image of what my future will look like. A vivid mental image, especially a fanciful one of the future. No, no, no. My God has given me a portrait, a painting, a beautiful vision of my future that is bigger, that is better, that is greater, that is mightier, that will blow the minds of my parents, that will blow the minds of my coaches when I was growing up. They didn't think I had the potential that will blow the mind of the people that you work with in your family and friends because God is going to do so much in and through your life. A vision for the Christian isn't some fugazi woozy thing out there that we just make up. It's not just casting out a dream into the universe. The universe, the universe is big, but it can't do exceedingly above all that you can ask or imagine. It's bigger than you can imagine. But Christians, we don't just sit here and go, oh, universe, if you would will it, no, no, no. That's the thing in 2018. That needs to die going into 2019. If you're a Christian in here tonight, you don't live and die. You don't live and breathe. You don't live and dream according to what a universe has to say for you. The universe was spoken to existence just like you were. The universe submits to God just like we do. God has given you a vision, has given you a purpose, has given you a calling in 2019. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? It does not come. Thank you. It does not come from some aimless void in space that we just happen to occupy. God had a plan. Somebody said, God's plan. God's plan. God had a plan when he spoke the universe into creation, when he made molecules come together, when a big bang went down, when oxygen came into existence, all of these things that make a planet rotate around the sun so we don't freeze. He had a plan. But it was also that you and me, the people that were made in his image, yeah, if you don't know that tonight, you were made in God's image. You were not made in your parents' image. It might take two DNA to make you look the way you look, but you look like God first and foremost. You might not feel like you look like God, but you are from God. You come from God. And for the Jesus followers tonight, we have come back to God. Amen. We look like God. All of this, all of this was intentional. Mountains are great. We love mountains. Oceans are great. They're deep. There's lots of things that we haven't explored yet. Those are amazing. The universe, Saturn, Venus, Mars, all of these things, the sun burning in the center of it, the Milky Ways, the black holes, all of these things speak to God's beauty and worships him and talks about his greatness. But when he made all of that back in the book of Genesis, he said this was good. But when he made man and woman, he said, yo, this is very good. You were created for a purpose with intentionality. You were not here by accident. So by accident, we don't just throw pennies into a wishing well hoping the universe or karma or whatever the name is or the flavor of the week is that the world's living by brings us what God has already spoken over us. No, no, we go to God, amen. So if we're ever going to talk about vision, we got to say what vision first is. Vision is when God gives you a dream. Some of us out here, man, we brought, we talked about this at Boys Crew this week. We brought nationalism into the church. You know what nationalism is? It's the American dream. I'm talking Ford, truck, 4x4, F-150, 250. I got a solid minivan that was made two years ago. I got a picket fence. I got a three-story house out in Rockford. I'm living the American dream. Oh, we got quiet. We got some people from Rockford tonight. It's all good. I'm glad you're here. 
We're out here, we live in the American dream. And so we come to church and we have our prayer requests and we have our praise reports. And we're praying for things that are the American dream, but that doesn't mean that they're God's dream for us. We're out here praying for the American dream. God, I want this, I want that, I want this. Man, the best thing God did in the last year for Adrienne and I, no joke, not just starting church, love this church, what we're here for. The best thing he did for us was between the months of February and August not giving us a house. We were praying, we were looking, not because it was America dream. I think that our idea of it and why we wanted it was good. But man, he had our heart dead set on him. When one would come into our path and it fell out, man, you know what? We still got to trust God. We're not, we're not putting trust in the universe or in some void, vague concept out there or theory. No, no, no. We're not putting our hope in the America dream saying this is what we got to do so that we can keep up with the Joneses. No, no, no. Every time it passed, our heart was reset and redialed in on who God was. That wasn't easy. That was many nights of hard conversations, of crying, of confusion. We thought this was the place. We thought this was the time. It wasn't. And then God brought us the absolute most amazing house, below cost by like 50 grand. It was amazing. He came over and he showed up and showed off. We had a vision for what we wanted. We wanted to be close to church. We wanted to minister in the community that God has brought us to. We wanted to live in this community. So we live like a minute 60 up the road. Matt, that's two minutes. I know, but a minute 60 sounds way cooler. Man, we got a vision. And what God told me is that there's people in this church that are living aimlessly there are people in this church that didn't even know as great as our messages have been as great as the worship has been as great as our babe and boys crews have been as awesome as the conversations have been there's some of us in here tonight that didn't realize that we had a purpose that the purpose went above a nine to five working for the weekend we have a playlist out there that was playing before y'all came in and I looked at it, and all of a sudden there was a song on there. I don't care about, you know, secular music and all that. It's just like, yo, can we just not have, like, a bunch of cussing in church? That's fine. But you can play, like, stuff that people hear on the radio. I'm good with that. But on the playlist, all of a sudden I saw a, a, uh, a song on there that said, Working for the Weekend. My wife. Love her, boy. To all the real ones, you know who Tina Marie is, and she had Lover. She had a song called Lover Boy. Dave knows. Won't you be my little lover boy? Yeah, Tina Marie, you know it. I don't only have hip-hop references. I'm born in the 80s, not really. But, there's a playlist out there. It's awesome. Love it. It's a great playlist. Come in, jams, vibes. Love it. Church is great. It's going to be awesome. You walk in, you're like, cool, secular music. This church is going to be awesome. Love it. Working for the weekend? No, no, no. We don't work for the weekend. We don't exist paycheck to paycheck. God has more for our weeks than working for the weekend. We don't click into our nine to five job. I'm glad that you have one. I'm glad that you are in a place where you can earn money and you can do these things that God has brought you away to make an income. But for a lot of us tonight, we are in a job. Is anybody brave enough to put their hand up where you're in a job where this isn't where you feel called? This isn't where you feel led? This isn't where you thought your life would be at this point? Be honest. My hand's not up because I love what I do, but yeah, yeah. That's okay. Because God's word for y'all tonight is we don't live for the weekend. We don't live for a paycheck. This is right now, this is called your hustle. And that's okay. But a hustle will become a habitat that you are going to be cursed to live in if you do not begin to submit that season of hustle to God. We just got out of it. We just got out of a series called Empire. It's talking about submission. We live in nine to five. We working like this. We going to this. We doing all these things. We're living for a paycheck. We're living paycheck to paycheck. 
And I'm glad that God has brought you a job, but that is not the end-all, be-all. But if you are not careful, you are going to be that person that is 45 years old, looking at their life, working it up at some minimum wage job. Again, this isn't, this, isn't about, this isn't about consumerism. This isn't about Americanism. This isn't about any of this. This isn't about nationalism. This isn't about the American dream because the American dream is about climbing the corporate ladder so that you can stuff your pockets and pad your house and make sure you have yours and you set up for your family. But that's not always God's dream. So when I say this, I want to encourage you this. Some of you, out of your nine to five, the God dream that he has over your life, you might actually make less money. That's hard. You might monetarily, weekly bring in less money if you pick up God's dream, if you live with the vision he has given you, if you submit your hustle to him so it doesn't become a permanent habitat or resident for you, but you give him that hustle saying, I'm doing this right now, working the job so I can get the other job working this job right now so I can get here because God has called me here. He has said this about over my life. Would you do that? Man, he's going to take you from glory to glory and it's going to be good. But it might on paper look like less money. It might, le- it might look to your neighbor less prestigious. They might look at you funny and be like, yo, you went to Calvin for 16 years? Some of you. Kidding. But you went to college for 16 years? And you're working here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is my come up. This is my hustle right now because God has got more for me because my, my passion is what he spoke into me. That dream that he put in my heart, that vision he casted over my life. It doesn't begin and end with where I'm at. But where I'm at right now, he has a plan. He has a vision for that as well. And that's for me to be the light in the darkness at my workplace. Amen? To be the joy that comes in the morning. Everybody else's situation, they was in the car wreck. They were freaking out on the highway. Things were going crazy. It's West Michigan in the wintertime. They're coming in. They're frazzled. They're razzled. They're not ready to start this day. But I'm going to be their joy in the morning. I'm going to come in. How are you? What are you doing? Joy comes in the morning. I'm going to be the joy in the morning. God has got a vision for your hustle right now. But you better believe the hustle isn't the stopping point. The hustle isn't your habitat. The hustle isn't where you're going to remain. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? And so I'm looking at vision and, man, vision. There was no prophetic vision. We talked about prophecy the other week. I, I, I called out that word because um, in church, I think people have hyper-spiritualized some things. And uh, they're like, hey, don't go to that church. You're getting weird. They're prophesying. Prophecy literally means to speak what Jesus has said, the promises of God, whether it's in the Bible or the Holy Spirit has spoke over you, neither will contradict each other. If it contradicts the Bible, you know it's not the Holy Spirit, just so you know. Okay, am I preaching? But man, if the Bible backs it up and the Holy Spirit is saying this and they're in sync and they're in harmony, man, that is when you speak that forth in faith of what Jesus has said. That's what the word prophesy means. So when it's saying there's no prophetic vision, There ain't no prophetic vision in your life. People die. People cast off restraint. People live lawless. People live wildly. People are living aimlessly. It's what we're living without the way God has said over us, what God has spoken over our life. He has said this about you, and we are living a different way. But some of us tonight didn't even know that he said anything about us. Can I encourage you this tonight? If you're in this place and that's where you are, you are starting at level one of this. I'm going to hit two more little levels of this conversation tonight. But if you are at level one tonight, the Bible literally says you have not because you ask not. Some of you have not asked, so you have not yet because you didn't even know there was something to ask for. You didn't even know there was a vision. You didn't even know this is something that you could approach God about. You had no idea until this moment right now until I put this image in front of you of what a vision can and will be for your life. You didn't even know that it was something that was attainable. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So start asking. If you're in this place tonight, and I've just been doing this. If you're a musician in this place tonight, and you thought you'd be touring, playing drums by now, you're 23 years old, 
and you're working where you are, and you're doing electricity work, or you're doing whatever, and you thought by 23 you would be living a different kind of life. Maybe you had hopes that you'd be living a different kind of life. I want to encourage you, person in this room, whoever I'm speaking to right now, you have not because you ask not. Start asking. And Matt, you're saying, what happens when I ask but I don't receive anything? Bible's got a word for that too. It says, ask, knock, and the door shall be open to you. So I want to encourage you tonight. How many of you know when you knock at somebody's house? That's a knock. I'm not coming the door because I hear this. Some of us, it's not because God's not good. It's not because he doesn't hear you. It's not because he's not faithful to you. He just wants to know for some of us tonight that just because you knocked once and you didn't get what you wanted, you didn't hear what you needed, you didn't receive what you came for because you knocked once, he's waiting for some faithfulness. He is saying, no, 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 you ask, you seek, you knock, you keep going. You knock on that door till that door opens. You sing until that, until that praise comes back into your heart. You go to God until he gives you that word and you stand there all day, seven days, 90 days, whatever it is, believe for the same thing because you ask. If you ask, if you seek, and you knock, the door will be open to you. Doesn't mean that you just knock once. The promise of God is that if you go to him and you knock, the door will be open to you. So young person, old person, no matter who you are, and you need vision, you ask, you seek, you knock, and that door will be open to you. Is that good for anybody tonight? And so that second one, because I know we're, like a lot of us in here are millennials, okay? Like, it is what it is. I'm grateful that we have a multi-generational church. I'm grateful that we have this kind of church. Man, if I can tell you, we're going to save this for uh, January and February. We got some vision stuff coming up that we're going to do as a church in the new year and just kind of tell you where we're going, what God's saying about us, what we're going to do, and how great it's going to be. But man, part of it, just to put it out there, this church will be massive. This church we'll have multi-site campuses. This church will be a church that looks like heaven where the young and the old and the black and the white and every single color is represented. Every single walk of life is represented. This church is going to look like heaven. That's the vision for this church. There's more to come. It's going to be good. It's a little, little taste test. So then, no, we got the vision, right? Now we're like, okay, we understand what the word vision means. Some of us tonight, we've had a vision. And some of us, we need vision repair. Some of us, we've had a vision, and we knew what God said about, our, about, about the marriage that he called us to. He called us to this relationship. He called us to this person. He called us to this job. He made us for such a time as this. Somebody read on the book of Esther, and I was like, yes, I am in this place for such a time as this. God has called me to this place for such a time as this. God has called me to Grand Rapids for such a time as this. Some of us, we moved here, and it didn't turn out to be exactly what it was, but we had a vision. We had the word. We knew what God said over our lives and suddenly we get to Grand Rapids. And it was awesome for a couple weeks. We fell in love with it. We went to Stella's. We played video games. Best burger the last 15 years in America or whatever it is. We've been, preached to them. Stella's burger is great. We got here and it wasn't all that it was chopped up to be. It wasn't all that we thought it would be. Some of us, we came here and we were like, we're going to go to Kendall Art Institute of Technology and Design. We're going to go and we're going to show up and we're going to show off and it's going to be amazing because I come from the smallest city, but I am the best in my class. And suddenly we got there and somebody was a little bit better than we were. And it hurt because we thought God was calling us to art school. He thought, we, we thought he was calling us to this place to, to show off and bring this new idea of what art could be. We thought we were going to be trailblazers and pioneers in Kendall Art Institute of Design and Technology. We thought that's what he called us to. And we got there. 
Is it not our Institute of Technology and Design? You know what? Kendall, if you're listening, if that even is your name, get on the technology side. Technology's art. Okay, you ever seen an iPhone, Kendall? I don't think so. You hippie? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because some mythological person named Kendall who made a college listens to this podcast. You're awesome. We're having fun at church. Are we not? Is this good? And so we've arrived at where we thought the vision was. We got the marriage. We got there. And you know what? It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. It wasn't as easy as it was. It wasn't as easy as when we were dating and things were fun and, and we could go our separate ways and we could be on the phone till, till three in the morning. Yo, girl, what you doing? You still awake? I hear you breathing. I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're there. Wake up. I had a lot of coffee. And we're there and it was easy to stay up all night on the phone. It was easy to get excited to see you every three days when our work schedules or my dad could drive us to me up. Anybody else have that struggle back in the day? Yeah. Yo, my mom is bringing me over. What? I know. Lame. Short last. Short last of relationship. But it was easy when we were dating. And then when we got married and we occupied the same space 24-7, it wasn't all that we thought it was going to be. It didn't go as easy as we thought it would be, but we had the vision. We were going to be a power couple for Jesus. We were going to make a stamp on our city for Jesus. We were going to be a home that anybody could be around our dinner table, that any given night you could come over to Matt and Adrienne's house and you could find anybody from different walks of backgrounds, colors, creeds, tongues, and you would find them around our home and then around our dinner table. We were going to be something for Jesus. And then we got married and it was a little bit more difficult and it didn't really pan out that way and for a season we may, not, we may not even had a kitchen table we may not even had a house that was big enough to have people in it wasn't everything we thought it was going to be it wasn't the money coming in with two jobs that we thought it was going to be and so vision when we got here and the reason I say vision repair is because for some of us tonight I want to encourage you that if you were in the season of life right now where you had vision and you've arrived, you came to Michigan, you came to Grand Rapids, you came and did this and it wasn't everything, it didn't plan out to be exactly what you thought it was going to be, I want to encourage you to return to the last word that he gave you. We talked about it. The word of God, our Bible says, endures forever. Do you know what doesn't endure forever? So often, human beings. Because we have short intention spans, we have feelings that get hurt, we have disappointment that comes in, and we are so quick to say, you know what, maybe I miss God. Maybe he didn't call me to this marriage, maybe I didn't hear him right, maybe I miss God. Maybe he didn't call me to Grand Rapids because it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, maybe I miss God. Friends, if God has given you a word, and you followed that word, and it was difficult when you got there, You did not miss God. Whatever, there's some people in this house that we've been talking about this phraseology all week. This has been something we've been standing on all week. There's some people in this church that we've been standing on this word and verbiage all week. Whatever God starts, the devil opposes. If he has given you a vision, he is going to, the devil is going to oppose that vision. If you get to where God has called you to be and you arrive, so to speak, you made it there and things aren't going wrong, that's when you miss God. But when you get there and there are difficulties and there is trepidation and things aren't as smooth sailing, it wasn't as easy to take this job position as you thought it was going to be. You had to fire some people. It got difficult. You had to make some hard decisions, whatever it was. You had to have some difficult conversations. 
Whatever God starts, the devil opposes. And some of us need tonight that when that happens, where we're feeling pushback in the world, where we're feeling like this isn't going the way we thought it was going to go, God gave me a vision I was so certain on. I want to encourage you tonight. Always return to the last word that he gave you. We sing it here all the time at church. You have the last word. Some of us tonight, we need to go back to the last word that he gave us, and we need to meditate on that. We need to pray on that. And some of us tonight, man, God, you have called me to be healed, and I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I'm hurt and I'm broken and it's a consistent thing. And for some of us, we, we wallow in it. We sink back into it. We allow that to be our God rather than what God has said over our lives. No, no, no. God called us to this and we're, we just sink into the void because we haven't seen it arrive yet. Because we knocked one time and we haven't seen it arrive. We haven't stood on the word of God. There's a reason that phrase has stood the test of time of the church. We stand on the word of God because it's so easy for creatures that are human to walk off this thing called the word of God and do our own thing. And to go back into our feelings. And to go back into those old days when we were praying for vision. No, no, no. We've arrived. God has gotten you here, person. There is going to be opposition. The devil is going to come for your head. You have to resist. You have to maintain. And you have to continually go back to that last word he gave you. There's a verse in Solomon. I can't remember what it is at the moment. But it says, when my soul is in the slump, I will rehearse everything I know about you. How about this one? When the vision didn't end up being all that I thought it was going to be, and my soul is in the slump, and my mind is going on me, I'm going to return to the last word you gave me. That when you called me to this place, in this space, for such a time as this, I will go back to that moment, and I will rehearse with my soul, and I will psych myself up. A lot of us are talking ourselves out of things. Some of us tonight need to start talking ourselves into things. Yeah. Am I preaching to anybody? Yeah. Where am I at on time? Yeah, okay, we're going to land this bird in a minute. Yeah, I need a water. Man, if we're in this place, and we didn't know vision was available to us, I think we made that pretty clear. And if you've had a vision and you've arrived there and it wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be, that you dreamed it was going to be, all those ideas that you had, all those romanticized ideas of what it was going to be and how it was going to look like and how the marriage was going to go and how the kids were going to be and how simple life was going to be. I want you to return to the last word that God has given you. But this last little section that I want to preach on real quick, worship team, you can begin to make your way back up here, 625 I think. I want to give you this last little piece of scripture. Man, you guys are really good looking. How you doing, Jamie? Does Janae know how good looking you are? I hope so. Johnny Depp. Edit here. <laughs> Got it. So if you're in this place and, and that's where you've gotten to, I want to give you a little practical knowledge. We're going to come out of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk, that's a cool one too. Habakkuk, you can say this book of the Bible any way you want to, okay? It's 2018, we're in America. We do what we want. It's Habakkuk, okay? We're going to be holy because he is holy. But it's out of the book of Habakkuk and you're right, Habakkuk is so much easier to say. It is, it is what it is. If you're listening, if you're here, don't think less of me. I'm trying to give you what it actually is, but it is difficult to say. If you find yourself in that place, hear me tonight. And you feel like you've been living aimless. 
Maybe you had the vision and you arrived and it wasn't everything that it was caught up to be, that you was talked up to be, that you thought it was going to be, that everybody was saying, you're going to go there and this is going to happen because you are a bright star. You are a shining person. You have so much gift and talent. You have more gift and talent in your pinky finger than I have my whole body. People have talked up this experience to you. Those people, they're right. You are all of those things. But what you've got to know tonight is that whatever God starts, the devil is going to oppose. But you can withstand it. I want to tell you how to withstand it. It's coming out of the book of Habakkuk 2 through 3. It's this. It says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow... Wait for it. It will surely come and it will not delay. If it's coming from God, it will come. If it seems slow, it will not delay. If you're in this place, get real practical with it. Not only will you return to the last word that he gave you, I want to encourage you to write that down. If you're in this place and you need vision for provision, Yo, steal your girl's lipstick and you write that on your bathroom mirror and you say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He has called me the head and not the tail. You write that down. You plaster that around your house and you speak that over your life. We don't will it into existence via the universe. No, no, no. We are human. We were made. We came from clay and mud. God willed us and he is going to will you what he has said in his word into your life. Amen. If you're in this place and you're feeling mad lonely, you're approaching 30. You're approaching 40. You're approaching 50. And it hasn't happened for you yet. Maybe it happened and it looked like it was going to happen. Maybe it came and for whatever reason it didn't work out. And there was these things. Maybe you had the one you thought there was. God has somebody for you. He's got a future for you. He said it was good that you not, it was not good that you would be alone. He has this for you. And I want to encourage you to put to rest, lay to rest on the altar that is God and believe him again today for a new vision for a marriage, for a new vision for your future, for a new vision for your relationship. And I want you to write it down because it is not good that you be alone. If you're in this place and you're believing for healing, You have not because you asked not. I've asked. Where is it? Well, now we keep asking. And we keep knocking. And we keep seeking. And we don't let God rest until we have what has been promised to us. That's how good he is. He has done everything he can through Jesus Christ to come and say in Isaiah 53.5, it says, I was broken, talking about Jesus. I was bruised, talking about Jesus. I was shred. I came apart. I was ripped to pieces. My blood, my body was broken and shed for you so that you can be made whole, so that you can be healing, so that you don't have to remain in a perpetual state of brokenness and needing of healing. And until you receive that, you write that vision down because that is what our God has said about you and his word endures forever. So you write that down so that you will endure forever. And I love this verse. He says, write the vision down. Make it plain. 
Don't overcomplicate the vision. Don't start giving God a checklist of what you need in a man's list. You could be happy. Say, God, you know me. I'm your daughter. You knit me together. Bring me who I'm supposed to have, who you know is going to be beneficial for me. You said it's not good that I be alone. My trust is in you. Make it plain. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't give him a grocery list of what you need or how you think your healing needs to come. Make it plain. Why? So he or she, whoever that reads it, may run. Some of you tonight, you've been paused. Your vision's been paused because you arrived where he thought he called you to, and you've been paused. The game that you was playing, it's on pause. The movie that is your life, it is on pause. You are living and occupying the same scene for the last five years because the vision wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be. Write this down. Return to it so that you can run, so that you can press on, so that you can continue. God has a hope and a future for you tomorrow. He has a vision and a calling over your life. Would you stand? We're going to worship. We're going to sing a song that says, give me faith to trust what you say. Give me faith to trust your vision, to trust your word, to trust your future that you have for me, to trust your dream. Will you sing it with us tonight, church? Yo, and if you need prayer for anything... We're going to have Adrienne, we're going to have Lexi, and we're going to have Liz in the back. We're going to have people up here. If you need prayer for a vision, if you need prayer for your finances, if you need prayer for your healing or a hope for your future, whatever it is, don't start that alone tonight. There are three people available to you right now, one in the back, two up front. Ask, seek, knock, go together in prayer tonight, and believe God for greater things. Sound good? So let's say, God, give me faith.